I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning and share what the Lord has for me has given me to give to you this morning. Classes are dismissed this morning. I will I will give you uh, an advisory, if you will. If you turn your Bibles to Joel chapter 2, I'll be with you here in a moment, but I will give you an advisory here. If you have any kids in the sanctuary that have stayed over or anything like that, we're going we're gonna to get a little uncomfortable this morning. I might get fired next week, um, but <laughs> I just have to give what the Lord has given me to give to you this morning, okay? It may seem uncomfortable. It may seem odd at the beginning, but I will tell you this morning that we're going to confront some things that the enemy has tried to present to the body of Christ, and then we're going to realize who we are this morning, We're going to confront the lies of the enemy and the confusion of the enemy. And we're going to confront the lies and the confusion that remains maybe in your heart or your mind this morning. And we're going to become the church that Jesus has called us to be. So if you'll turn with me to Joel chapter 2, I'm going to be begin reading in the first few verses. We're going to skip down after I read the first three verses. Just stay with me this morning. As you can tell, I've... Pastor Ronnie is traveling, and he he left this week, but he left me his voice. So you get a nice, deep preacher's voice this morning, thanks to the changing of the seasons. And just pray that my voice holds out for you all this morning. Joel chapter 2, it says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Turn to your neighbor and say, Sound an alarm. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness. As the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong, there hath not been ever like, neither shall any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. And the land is like a garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Yea, nothing shall escape them. Verse 12. Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye unto even unto me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind, even a meat offering or a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's us. Assemble the elders. 
Gather the children, even those that suck on the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth out of his chamber and let the bride out and, and, and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests and the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to a reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? Where is their God? Let us pray this morning. God, we come before you. We thank you for the atmosphere of worship in this house. We thank you for your word and its anointing. And God, we ask that your word go forth in that anointing and minister to hearts and lives in Jesus' name. And the church says, amen and amen. I know this portion of scripture on the surface may look very gloomy. We see here in the first three verses that I read to you this morning that what the Lord is telling through the prophet Joel is there is a total bombardment of darkness that is upon that is coming to the earth that it is like someone that has a garden of eden before them but as they go through it they turn it into a wilderness there are people that have plenty before them but by the time they're done the darkness is so thick and so heavy that all they leave is barren and desolate places behind them. We go into the middle portions of our scripture tonight and we find that what begins to happen through the prophet Joel is that he begins to declare to the people, listen, we've got to get back to prayer. We've got to get back to fasting. We've got to get right before God. We have to, it's the only way to turn the tide of the enemy. It's the only way to push back the darkness that we are facing. And I want I want you to hear me tonight that it is very obvious that we are living in the days that the Bible is telling us about in these first three verses. Uh, I don't know if you've watched the news or if you get on social media at all, but we live in very dark and very tumultuous times. We live in very uncertain times. We live in very difficult times, uh, but the remedy is still the same. It is prayer. It is fasting. It is getting a hold of God and getting alone with God. But I want to focus in on a specific verse for you this morning, and this is where it might get a little controversial for you this morning. But the Bible tells us in verse 16 of this chapter, it says, Gather the people. He says, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, even those that suck from the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth out of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Now I want to give you the context of this scripture. What it, the Lord is saying through the prophet Joel is get everybody. Doesn't matter where they are, doesn't matter what situation they find themselves in. He's saying get everybody. We need to make things right before God. But I want to just take a little phrase, a little portion of this scripture and preach on it to you this morning because it says there at the verse uh, at the end of verse 16 and the bride out of her closet. The bride out of her closet. I want to preach to you this morning on coming out of the closet. Coming out 
of the closet. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 19 that it says this, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the supper of the lamb is come and his wife have made herself ready. And it was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. The Bible tells us uh, through Paul in Ephesians, uh, husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it uh, that he might sanctify and cleanse it uh, with the washing of the word uh, washing of the water by the word uh, that he might present it to himself uh, a glorious church not having spot nor wrinkle nor any other such thing but it shall be holy and without blemish. You say what what does those scriptures have to do with anything this morning? I'm just laying a foundation that I want you to understand that in scripture that we are, as the church of Jesus Christ, we are also the bride of Jesus Christ. Jesus told John in Revelation that, that he, he said, welcome to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That is the marriage between Christ and his church. We see in Ephesians chapter 5 that Paul is speaking to husbands on how they should treat their bride. And he says, you should treat your bride the way I treat my bride. Who is his bride? It is you, it is me. It is the church of Jesus Christ. But I want you to know that we live in a time where the Bible tells us that things are getting darker. Things are getting more difficult than they've ever been. But I want you to know what I have found in recent years is that we've heard this term coming out of the closet it. And what that term is, is when people get into a place of indecision, people get into a difficult place and they begin to discover, Brother Wade, what they call their truth. Hear me this morning. People are trying to discover their truth, their version of truth. And what's crept in is we, we hear it all the time that, oh, well, this person has come out and they've come out as this and they've come out as that and they've come out as this and, and they're this now and they're that now and everybody's got a new identity. Everybody's got a new, 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 new personality. Everybody's someone new. Everyone's someone different. Everybody's someone, someone that, that is this or is that. And what we have done is there have been generations in the closet that are now coming out of the closet. Now, and listen, I want you to hear me this morning. I, I, I want you to understand this first and foremost. Just because people deal with something doesn't mean that we should stand back for them and say, oh, I'm afraid to catch what you got. No. We're to minister to people. We're to love people. We're to show people the, the love and the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. But I want you to know what is going on in this day and hour is sin has come out and been more public than it's ever been before. How did it start? Here, let me tell you this. This coming out of the closet phrase, how, did, how does this happen? And how does it end up everywhere? We're going to talk about it this morning. First, it starts with something called sexual promiscuity. And it became promoted in our schools. Oh, yeah. It became something that your children learned about. 
And listen, parents, even you learned about it in school. Now we need to, you know, we need to promote sexual promiscuity. You need to sleep around. You need to discover who you are. You need to get into the closet. You see, the closet is, the closet is a place where you make decisions. Hear me. The closet is a place where you say, listen, I'm either going to give up or I'm going to get right. I'm either going to clean the closet, hear me, or I'm going to come out with all the junk in the closet. Starting with sexual promiscuity. Hey, son, daughter, sleep around, do what you want. This is something that vexes this generation. But, but then, it, then, then, then as the world began to become more modernized, then it became more easy to, to, to get a hold of this thing called pornography. Pornography came about. And then all of a sudden, children are watching it at school. They say, oh, well, we try to block that. Listen, you see all kinds of filth. You see all kinds of garbage when you're children. I wish you could go to school with your kids, be a fly on the wall, and see what they see every day. Hear me this morning. Oh, it's well, well, you know, sexual promiscuity. You know, listen, again, I want to say these people, people that are dealing with this, there's no difference other than the grace has been applied to our life and we've come out of these things. But what these men are symbolic of is the demonic spirit that tries to attack and to attach to the young people and to the elders of this house and they have ruined a generation. So sexual promiscuity. Now we can have it when we want it. On demand. Pornography. But then what happens? Confusion. Confusion sets in. And now you're in the closet and you thought, well, I was just trying things out over here. And I was just looking at things here. But now we have a generation that says, I don't know who I am. And we have parents, listen, this isn't just for young people. We have parents that are saying, I don't know who I am. My Bible tells me that what? God is not the author of confusion. It is not God given, it is a spirit. See, when you get talking about spirits and, and the battleground of spiritual warfare, man, some people get nervous. Ooh. Are you telling me there's things out there? You better believe. There's a reason why we can't see in the spiritual world all the time. Because if we did, we wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. If you saw the warfare that's going on for your family. Listen, I saw on TV the other day, a grandmother called, frantically called 911. She was, I was telling uh, Gloria and my wife about it last night. I was telling them, I was, I was watching something and this grandmother was saying, listen, I'm raising my two grandbabies uh, and, and, and I have them in the same nursery. Uh, one sipping in one crib, one sleeping in the other. There's one in the one-year-old and three-year-old. And she said, I have these, these nice cameras I bought to watch them while I'm in my room and when they go to bed at night. And, and she says, it's got audio, it's got, it, it's got the camera, and it's got motion activation. So it, it beeps and lets me know that they're up there moving. And she said, day in and day out, it would beep in the middle of the night, but I couldn't hear anything and I couldn't see anything. She said, I never noticed anything. Then she said, then I went and watched what was going on in the middle of the night. And she said, it didn't happen when I watched it live, but when I rewound it, I saw a figure moving in their bedchamber, going over to each child and laying hands on each child. And you say, oh, that stuff don't happen. 
happen. Listen, you're fooling yourself if you think that the devil's not out for you and not out for your children. You hear this preacher this morning. We got these sayings. But now they're confused and now they're saying, well, maybe I'm homosexual. Listen, some people may look at me and say, preacher, why are you talking about this? Listen, the church stopped educating its people. Hear me. We, we say, well, these are sensitive topics. We don't want to talk about these things. I want you to know if we don't talk about these things, this world will educate them. Well, maybe I'm homosexual. Well, maybe I'm bisexual. Maybe I just like both. I, I heard a term the other day, and now I'm pansexual, and I was surprised to find that it had nothing to do with pots or pans or anything like that. It, it's just another, really, it's another word for bisexual. I have no preference. I'll just go whichever way the opportunity arises. Now we got them acting like dogs and cats. And listen, you say, oh, that's so, ah, get me away from that. No, 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 no. You need to be reaching. We don't want to touch this stuff. Listen, it ain't about you touching this stuff. It's about you casting out this stuff. Hear me. Oh, well, maybe. If I'm not homosexual and I'm not bisexual, maybe I'm just the wrong gender, maybe. I'm just trans. You say, why are these men, why why are these people walking up and down like this? This is just to show you that it's everywhere. Peter said that the enemy is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You think, oh, well, you know, that that show, it, it, it doesn't have much... Sexual reference. Uh, listen, you don't understand. The Bible teaches us uh, that the eyes are the gates to your very soul. And what you connect with, what you come in covenant with your eyes with, uh, the Bible tells us uh, that, that we come into covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but I want you to know we can come into covenant with sin. And what is the definition of covenant? It's a binding agreement. What you come in covenant with is what you're bound to. And it's everywhere. Looking for your kids. Looking for your family. All confusion's looking. He wants somebody. Sexual promiscuity. I'll just try it out. Pornography. Hey, come on. It's just one click. It's no big deal. Nobody has to know. You can delete your search history. It'll just go away. But read verse 17 with me quickly. Let the priests and the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thy heritage a reproach uh, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? I want you to know that that is what culture is saying to the church. Where are you? Mockingly, but there's some crying out genuinely. Where is the church? Where's the bride? Where's the bride? I was watching a, some sports columnists that I listen to. They do a podcast every day, and I, I listen to them while I'm at work, and, and, and I'm able to do that. And they were talking about how they're finding more and more so that professional athletes are, are experimenting, what they're calling experimenting with the dark arts. 
and they're selling their souls. You say, this sounds like something out of a novel. They said, no, it's really happening. They're finding witches and warlocks and saying, listen, I will give you whatever you need, but you need to give me the ability to be the best that I can be. And these men were talking about this and none of them that I know of profess to be Christians. And one of them, out of no one, out of nowhere, he says, where is the Christians? Right in the middle of a sports broadcast, uh, Brother Justin, he said, where is the Christians? The other two men looked at him and said, it's not a thing anymore. Understand me, this world is convinced that you have no effect on this community. You say, oh, this sounds challenging. This sounds, no, no, no. They're asking, where is the church? Some may say it mockingly, but there's some like that sportscaster saying, where are you? Everyone's saying they have the truth. Everyone's saying they know who they really are. We have a generation that's being overtaken by sexual immorality. And we stand on the sidelines and say, oh, I'm glad it's not my kids. If you keep messing around, it will be your kids. Hear me. Oh, well, I don't care if they watch that. I don't care. Listen, I, I, I coach three, year, three and four-year-olds in soccer, and you wouldn't believe what they would tell me. Oh, I watched this with my mommy. I watched this with my daddy. And I would look at Sierra and said, are they insane? Watching shows about nothing but murder and sex. And wonder why their six and seven year old is wanting to be a, a girl or a boy. But we thought, oh, it's just a good show. But no, 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 no. What you've done is you've opened the doors to your house. And now all these spiritual connections are just seeking. Who are they going to grab hold of? And the whole time, we read in verse 16, Joel is pretty much saying, get, get the bride out of the closet. You say, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear me this morning. The church has been in a closet. Remember how I told you the closet is a place where you make decisions? Well, the church has been in there for the last hundred years trying to figure out who they are. I know this sounds tough. It's going to get good, trust me. But it's the truth. Not your truth, not my truth. It's the truth that's in the book. We've been in the, in the dark uh, with the lights off saying, am I good enough? Uh, God, did you really call me? Uh, God, I, I know the preacher tells me I'm an overcomer, but I feel like a failure. God, I'm not worthy. God, I can't be used. And the world's saying, where's the church? Where's the church? Is she in this closet? Is she in this closet? Where is the church? Oh, they're sitting there thinking about how, oh, I'll never do it. God, don't call me to do that. Oh, God, I can never be used that way. God, I can't lay hands on the sick and see them recover. God, I can't preach. God, I can't sing. God, I can't write music. God, I can't be a prayer warrior. God, I can't shout. I can't have freedom. Oh, God, and we're sitting there with the title of Christian over our doors. And we've turned a prayer closet into a closet where we're trying to figure out who we really are. And Joel says, call the bride out of the closet. 
What has got to happen is exactly what we see in, 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 Joel's, in Joel's prophetic word that he's giving us here. In chapter 2, he says, listen, uh, he says, saith the Lord in verse 12, turn ye even to with me your whole heart with, and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. Uh, he's telling the ministers, he goes on to tell them in verse 17, lay between the porch and the altar. You've got to plead the blood. Uh, you've got to get a hold of God. Uh, you've, you've got to do something. Uh, and what I want you to know is what needs to begin to happen in the church uh, is the church needs to turn the closet back into a prayer closet again. Hear me. We talk about prayer all the time and we want to know some secret formula. I want you to know if you don't know what to pray, open your Bible and say, God, I declare your word. I know the enemy's a thief. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Lord, I know that you have come. You've come to give me life and life more abundantly. Oh God, I know that my righteousness is as filthy rags, but your word says that you saved me not just from my sin, but you made me worthy because Christ was worthy. Listen, church, we got to start talking in the closet again and saying, I'm not trying to figure out who I am. I'm trying to get a hold of God. Hear me this morning. When we start... Turning the closet back into prayer closet. You, this word closet doesn't just mean in a room. In the original language, it means come out of your defense. Because we sit here in the walls of this church. And this is a safe place. And I, I thank God that we can do this. But we act like, oh, well, this is the one place I can be Pentecostal. I want you to, I'm going to make you aware of something. Acts chapter 2 didn't happen in a sanctuary. Happened in an upper room. And it spilled out in the, into the streets. Uh, it wasn't just an in-the-house thing. Listen, what we've done is we've turned these sanctuaries into closets and caves where we can hide and try to save our lives. And Jesus said, listen, if you try to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll gain it all. Listen, the Bible says Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19, 1 Kings chapter 18, he called fire down from heaven. He ended a drought with the power of God on his life. But in 1 Kings chapter 19, Jezebel says, listen, I'm going to kill you. I'm coming after you. And he tucked and run. Where did he run? He ran straight to the cave. Went to the juniper tree and then got in the cave because he was trying to save his hide. And he starts crying to God. Oh God, I'm the only one left. No one, no one knows how I feel. Anyone ever felt that way? Listen, he was feeling like we feel. God, I'm afraid. Anybody ever been afraid? I've been afraid. Put a snake in front of me. You see me afraid? <laughs> the Lord began to speak to him and say, why are you here? Let me ask you this morning, why are you in the closet trying to, oh God, I need, oh God, I, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't. My grandfather told me something truly profound. My, my, my papa Beecher told me something truly profound when I was little. He said, listen, son, can't never did do nothing. He said, when you say you can't, you won't. When you start telling yourself you can, you will. 
And church, we've been sitting on the sidelines saying, well, we can't change the world. It's just how it's going to be. Have you ever read the book? Listen, here, here's, here's what the book says. The book says that tribulations are going to wax more and more. It's going to get difficult. But listen, as it gets darker, the church is to get brighter. But now the church is he's praying. What happens if the church starts praying? What happens if the church starts fasting? What if we start turning our closets back into a place of indecision to decisiveness? What if the church says, you know what? Like it says in Joel, I'm coming out. I'm coming out of the place I've been hiding in. I've been, listen, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, go into your inner room, the closet, and he says, make prayer. Don't, don't stand in front of anybody like the heathens do. And, and, and just try to look good. He said, go into your inner room and pray. And he said, what is done in secret will what? Be rewarded openly. We need to start seeing the openly. This world needs to see the openly again. And you say, what happens if the church starts to pray? What happens if the church starts to fast? Then the church starts coming out of the closet. What happens is the church starts coming out of the closet in glory. And then the church starts coming out of the closet with power. And then the church starts coming out of the closet with authority and with anointing. And then the church starts coming out and say, you know what? I don't have to think about who I am, but I know who God's called me to be. And the church starts coming out and saying, you know what? We're not defeated, but we have the victory in Jesus. Hear me this morning. Hear me this morning. It's time for the church to come out and stop saying, I, I can't pray for them. I, I can't exhort. I can't sing. And put your feet up on solid ground and say, you know what? Hell can come at me, but the gates of hell will not prevail against Christ, his church. So the church is out of the closet. What happens? The Bible says when the enemy, you see the enemy out there? When the enemy comes in like a flood, he will raise up a standard against him. You want to know what the standard is? You. You say, oh, well, the Bible says it's his spirit. Let me educate you. This is what Paul tells the Corinthian church. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hear that. No, 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 hear that. You are the temple. What he was saying is you are the standard. And when evil wants to be in every corner of your house, every corner of your city, every corner of your nation, the church can lift their hands. Everybody lift your hands. Church, lift your hands. And they can begin to pray. Begin to pray, ladies. Begin to pray. And you'll see darkness leave in confusion. They won't know what's going on. Why? Light does not expose the darkness. It expels the darkness. Hear me this morning. You want darkness off of your street? You want darkness out of your life. You want darkness away from your children. Stand up. Come out of the closet and lift up your voice and pray. Hear me this morning. Stand up and pray. Stop saying maybe it'll happen. Maybe it'll happen. No. Say in Jesus' name. I know there's deliverance. I know there's freedom. Stand up and pray. 
church, I'm sick of being on defense. I'm sick of getting phone calls saying, hey, your cousin overdosed. Or your cousin just came out of the closet and said they're gay. I'm sick of that stuff. I want to get calls saying, guess what? They've been delivered. They've been set free. Why? Because we prayed. We believed. Don't sit in the closet feel sorry for yourself. Hear me this morning. The reality of the situation, Jesus had every excuse to feel sorry for himself because he wasn't doing it for himself. He was doing it for you. But he picked up that cross with stripes on his back. He walked up that hill and he told Pilate, you can't take my life, but I lay my life down. And he did that for you. Come to the music this morning. Church, hear me you're the standard the enemy was everywhere the enemy is everywhere you're the standard young people I I was so glad that these young ladies helped me out you know why some of them didn't know they was helping me out until like service started literally because I wanted you to see these young people lifting their hands and praying over their cities. You know why? This is what the prophet Joel says. In this chapter, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit, says the Lord, on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. You may be a young person here say, I'm in college, I'm in high school, I'm in the workforce. Hear me. You're standard. People think evangelism is being vocal all the time. No, evangelism is living life the right way. When the church decides... I know who God's called me to be. And gets over it. Listen, we got to get over ourselves. Jade's got to get over himself. Oh, they hurt my feelings. They said this. Listen, that's life. Honey, listen, that's life. People talk about you all the time. Listen, that's life. My life ain't their life. As Paul said, my life is not my own. But you may be here this morning. (coughs) Ladies, you can sit down if you want. Thank you, thank you. You may be here this morning. You may say, listen, I believe there's a lot of people in the closet. Ain't the closet of figuring out what sexual identity you want. But you're in the closet of ministry. And you ain't praying about it. You're just trying to run from it. Hear me. I preached about it Wednesday. We want our young people. Go, 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 go. But has our young people ever seen their parents go, 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 go? Go after God. Oh, my young person, I want my son or daughter to preach. Are you willing to preach? Are you willing to teach? 
Are you willing to worship like nobody's watching? But there's people in this house, you're in a closet and you're just trying to figure everything out. And you may be just genuinely just saying, God, I just don't know what you want me to do. Okay, that's a, that's a, that's a place that we find ourselves in. hear me this morning you may say I'm not, I, don't have a, I don't know what God specifically has called me to do but this is what he's called all of us to do pray read get alone with him this is what he's called us all to holiness righteousness This is what he's called us all to. This is what they said on the day of Pentecost. This gift, this promise is for you and your children and as many far off. It's for everybody. Get a hold of the Holy Ghost. Some of you in the closet and you just, God, I can't figure it out. I can't figure. God's like, I don't know what you need to figure out. My word declares who you are. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony that he has gone before you. That this battle is not yours, but it's mine, says the Lord. What do you want him to tell you? That you're loved and cherished. He said, listen, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. God, I just want to know that you see me. I feel all alone. He says, while you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. What do you need to know? I'll tell you. Oh, I need healing in my body. He says, by my stripes, you're healed. What do you need to know? Anybody, you're in the closet trying to figure it out. What do you need to know that is not declared in God's word? God, I need wisdom. Read the book of Proverbs. There's wisdom. The book of Proverbs, Solomon said, wisdom cries in the streets. Who's gonna listen to me? I need direction. He says, acknowledge me in all your ways and I will guide your path. What do you need? What do you need this morning? What is keeping you in that closet? Shut away. What the enemy is trying to take your family. What is it? Addiction? Oh, I got a good one for that. Who the son has set free. Is free indeed. You say, well, I just need freedom. I can't just get alone and worship God like you can, Pastor. Listen, there's times I just got to quote the verse that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And the Spirit of the Lord lives on the inside of me, so I know there's liberty here. What is it? What do you need? Need deliverance. Oh, you need deliverance this morning. You're in there trying to figure out how you can do it all on your own. No, 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 no. Paul and Silas didn't know what they were going to do, but they just decided to open up their mouth. They said, you know, God, I don't know. I can't deliver myself. But God's are good. Oh, maybe it was Psalms 23 that they began to sing because it said they sang Psalms. Oh, God, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. What was it? They weren't worried about their deliverance. They were just worried about the deliverer. 
And they got alone with the deliverer and he said, you know what? The bands are loosed. The doors are open. Because it's easy. Listen to me, church. The reason a lot of us get into the closet, I know I'm taking way too much time. The reason why so many of us stay in the closet is because when life happens, we think that it's because God's not faithful or God's not good. Well, God, I thought because I'm doing things your way, no one should die. No one should betray me. I, I shouldn't have a late bill. I shouldn't have. Listen, guys. It takes more faith to follow him when you don't understand than when you do. Trust me. There's a lot of things that I've been through that I don't know, Mary. I don't know. But deliverance came, Brother Justin, when I just said, God, you're good. And you know what, God? I don't understand you. But I do understand this. Your word says you're faithful. And your word says you're mindful of me. Come out of the closet. This world's coming out with all kinds of junk. Their truth. We need to come out with the truth. TJ, we need to start telling them, listen, I know the way. I know the truth. I know the life. And the things that you're dealing with, we, we treat, oh, oh, they're homosexual. Oh my gosh. Oh my. Listen, it's a temptation, just like anything else. We treat it like it, they can't be ministered to. Shame on us. They need the love of Jesus just like you did. We need to stand up and say, you know what? I know the truth. And the truth may offend you. And the truth may hurt you. And it may, 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 may put you in a situation where you're like, I don't like that. But the truth will set you free. If you're here this morning... And I know this is the weirdest altar call you've ever been given. But if you're sick and tired of the world coming out of the closet in the church, the bride's just hanging out in the closet trying to figure everything out and trying to make a decision instead of being decisive. If you want to come out of the closet, the spiritual closet this morning and say, you know what, I'm ready to be that bride that he said he's making glorious, that he's washing me clean, that he's giving me righteousness, he's giving me strength. You say, well, I'm weak. Paul said, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. I want you to know I didn't have a voice this morning. But in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. So like I said, this is going to be the weirdest altar call you've ever been given. But who wants to come out of the closet? Yeah, TJ, look at her. I know, it's crazy. TJ, be honest with me. I know. But who's going to say, I'm sick of pitter and pattering around these little issues in my family. Listen, parents, let me tell you this. God has just given me such a burden for parents in the last two months. Parents, let me tell you something. You are a parent. I said it Wednesday night and I'll say it again tonight. Well, I'm worried if I make them and I force them into the things of God that, that, that they'll hate church. Listen, my mother drugged me to church. And guess where I'm in? I'm in church. She didn't, I mean, she scared me, but she didn't scare me away from God. 
I told him Wednesday, she told me why. I was like eight years old. I said, Mom, you know what? I'm not going to church. You and JB and Dad, you're just going to church. She said, okay, stay home, get kidnapped. I'm out. Walked right out the door. You better believe I was right behind her. But we play games. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to. Listen, if you love them, you're going to tell them the truth. Hey, honey, I know, you, I know you, you say you got a headache, but you probably got a headache because you stayed up to 3 a.m. playing video games. And guess what? That's not an excuse not to go to church. Get up. Get yourself. Take your Tylenol. Whatever. We're going to church. But we just, I mean, come out of the closet and be the bride. Be the church. Train up a child in the way it should go. And when it's old, it will not depart from it. When do we stop believing in that? But who's willing to say, I'm, I'm, I'm in? I'm sick of the enemy having his way in my family. If that's you, young person, elder, child, if that's you, you got to deal with this darkness. Again, light does not expose darkness, it expels it. So who's in on being the bride? If you're here this morning, come. Come to these altars. You may be a guy and you say, I'm, I'm not interested in being a bride. Listen, that's not what it means. Come on now. Who wants to be the bride of Jesus Christ? That glorious bride. That powerful bride. That bride without spot or blemish. Who wants to be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Not looking around thinking, well, maybe I'll find hope in this or I'll find hope in that. No, that's not us this morning. Our hope is found in Christ Jesus. Surrender it all to Him. Surrender it all to Him. You don't have to deal with the temptations anymore and be weak and be exposed. But no, you can say, I know who I am. I know who God's called me to be. Lift your voice. Cry loud, spare not. Oh, let revival come. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you could take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. Uh, I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining us.